Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico. I have lost my voice. There is a problem with my throat chakra. I need to do some healing in that. I don't know what's going on, but um, in this episode today, I have Abby Johnson. She goes by the Abstract Dreamer. She's been on some other podcasts before, including my friend Lehman Dolan's podcast, the Hypnagogic Taurus podcast. He introduced me to her, and we have an awesome conversation centered around dreams. We talk about a bunch of other topics too, but uh, definitely check out her Instagram and her link tree. I, I put it in the show notes below. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, if you've had a paranormal or a spiritual experience and you'd like to be on the show, uh, you just want to talk about some unconventional topics, send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. All right. I will see you guys on the next one. Enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. Tonight, I have a very special guest. This guest was introduced to me from my friend Lehman Dollins. Uh, she's been on his podcast, the Hypnotor Hypnagogic Taurus Podcast. That is a tongue twister sometimes. But uh, this is Abby Johnson, and she goes by the Abstract Dreamer on Instagram. Abby, how are you tonight? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to get to talk to you because um, I've heard of you from Lehman actually and I've listened to a couple of your podcasts so I'm excited that you decided to let me come and talk about dreaming yeah I, that's we're definitely going to jump into dreaming because this has been a majority of my paranormal experiences have been through dreams and the problem you run in with that if I've noticed it's like people just oh that was just a dream that wasn't something paranormal but when you get into like lucid dreaming and you're having uh, sleep paralysis and shadow people in your room. It, I think that is a little more than just a dream, you know? <laughs> and I know you go deep into like dream cartography and things like that, that I'm not a hundred percent familiar with. So I really want to kind of get your, first of all, just, I, I guess, introduce yourself and just kind of talk about what you do in the dream world and how you got into this stuff. Um, I, I have been a dreamer all my life. Um, when I was really young, those are some of my first memories are my dreams. And most of them were nightmares, but you know, they stay with you. They're, they're so vivid and they're things you don't forget. Um, so my dream life was always very active. And um, I got into dream dictionaries and stuff, but it just seemed like pokey pokey and it really it's if you're using a dream dictionary or a dream dictionary online you're not getting a correct interpretation of your dream i'll just start there 100 <laughs> percent, because like again like a snake to some person can mean i'm just using like a snake as an example it could be yeah. like a good omen to uh, to one culture or one person and to another person it's like a sign of death so you can't it's, it's very it's so, subjective exactly yeah. it's so based on the individual and the interpretation they have and the other elements of the dream like so yeah I've never had good luck with like any dream journals or not not dream journals uh, dream dictionaries or things like that so yeah me it, either it was always bizarre stuff like if you dream of a white horse and it has a something on its right ear then it means this and it's like that's just so, like fortune telling and that's not what I do you know um it's entertainment but 
you know, there's usually your, your subconscious is amazing. It does like wordplay and it's, it's fascinating. Um, the way that it just puts these metaphors out there for you to catch. And a lot of times you're not paying attention to that, especially if you're not writing it down. It's like your yeah. recall, a lot of people don't have really good dream recall. So if you don't write it down, your dream recall doesn't get any better. It's like a muscle you have to keep you practicing and using it. And, um, and it's, it is really tedious to write down your dreams, especially when they're long and vivid and exciting. But when you do, you start seeing all these weird patterns and you start seeing um, <clears throat> like you use the same word to describe maybe five different things. And your subconscious is trying to re like very much emphasize that word to you. And um, like even funny things, like I had a friend who dreamt about Leonardo DiCaprio and she's sitting on C-shaped chair, chairs in a mall. And I was laughing. I was like, what signs do you have? Because she kept calling him Leo DiCaprio. It's like, what do you have, you know, on your astrology chart that's in like Capricorn or Leo? She's like, well, actually my North node's in Leo, my South node's in Capricorn. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. And you're on the C-shaped chairs. Like the North and South node in astrology look like horseshoes. So... Wow. You know, that, there's a lot of weird stuff like that you that you almost don't pick up on, but your subconscious knows stuff that you don't even know consciously. That's amazing. And it's, it's just not really a synchronicity or anything. Like, I just found out that I am like a Leo rising and things like that. And it's just me and my wife are both Leo rising. So that's just kind of funny that <laughs> you mentioned So am Leo. I. <laughs> and that's a, it's a small world. <laughs> um, but so like, do you get into... I don't want to detract from like dreaming or anything, but do you get into no, okay. like astrology and things like that? Cause I'm trying to figure out why a Leo rising is considered like bad and people like, <laughs> don't oh, like I Leos. don't think it is at all. Um, but I know I never used to be, cause I used to think it was also just like fortune telling. But mm -hmm. when I learned that trap, like there's tropical astrology, right. Which is what everyone learns. Like according to, to, to to tropical astrology, my sun sign is Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. But I learned about true sidereal astrology, and it's not even the same as um, sidereal astrology. It's like if you have a sky map on your phone, like a, the star maps, you can get mm -hmm. the app, and you can look up there. And like the last new moon, I think a lot of people were saying it was a new moon in Aries while well, it was still in Pisces. So it's a, if you look, where the actual planets are in the sky western astrology doesn't line up to it at all so anyway when i found out that i'm actually a scorpio sun sign and a leo rising my chart all made sense so i definitely believe in it now i don't i don't like to give it you know whatever's happening in the sky right now like um what is it mars is conjunct saturn mm -hmm. i don't want to give that all my attention because I really believe that I still control myself. I'm not a victim. I right. control my reality, you know? Right. And it's, again, it's just so interesting because like, I've noticed like, I'm sure like the Mars and Saturn stuff probably doesn't affect you too much, but it almost is interesting how it can kind of affect lower frequency people that aren't really aware of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
so yeah but that's that's a whole side but tangent. i think coming out of the new moon too it, it kind of does because i i'm a new moon person like when the new moon happens a lot of people get all crazy on the full moon and i'm the opposite but i was born on a full moon so like the new moon is when i'm i can always tell where the moon is in the sky that's awesome and that in its like, cycle it's it's funny i just had a just revelation because of the wild weekend we had and it's just it's so true the new moon can bring out the worst in some people but um yeah it's, i it's, i feel like it's almost as as powerful as a full moon just depends on the person really yeah and it's it is it's like that duality you have the full moon and then the new moon which is you know you don't see the moon in the sky but I don't know. I mean, that's, I've always heard to like charge your crystals in a new moon too, and things like that. So it's, there's definitely some interesting energy that goes into a new moon. My dogs have been acting crazy too. So I can't I've, ignore I've always it. heard to do it in a full moon. So that's funny that you said that in the new moon, but um, I, I, can I tell you one thing that I've learned recently though? Yeah. You're supposed to charge them in the sunlight because the moon is not necessarily this is just my own, what I've been going through lately, mm -hmm. like learning different things, you know, but one of them is that like, um, the moonlight is not necessarily what we think it is. The, you know, uh, things decay in the moonlight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been kind of the proven that, the opposite, right? The moon kind of has a cold, uh, again, this yes. is stuff that people don't realize, but like I used to work nighttime security and you can literally feel the cold light coming off the moon if you're walking around at night and stuff and you could go under like i was working at this horse show so i'd go into the barn and it'd be warmer in the barn which i mean naturally it would be but then you go out into the moonlight or if you get into a shadow it's like warmer in a shadow at night it's very bizarre <laughs> but yeah so if it's really reflecting sunlight you know if you're reflecting sunlight off of anything it's usually hot in that spot isn't it so mm -hmm. um I see moonlight almost as a reversal. So I charge my crystals in the sunlight. Yeah. And I've heard there's so many different ways you can bury them underground. You can use smoke. Some people use, you know, living water. You can't do that for every crystal, obviously, but it's like, yeah, I just think there's so many different ways you can do it. I typically try to use smoke that way. I can kind of like control it and stuff, but cause it's just a hassle to That's put them smart. out at, at night. You know? Yeah, it and really like, is. And like it's time it with the moon. Mm -hmm. and intention you're like oh crap it's the it's the new moon it's the full moon what am i doing tonight i know and then i go to put the rocks outside and my dogs go crazy wake the kids up and it's like <laughs> you know what i'm just gonna stick to smoke and incense and things like that but anyway that was or a, a side selenite <laughs> tower because that works too so. yep selenite i have a big every episode i end up talking about crystals so it's kind of funny but yeah, I have like i've heard you talk about crystals before so <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a charging selenite like slab that I put stuff on and I have like three or four different towers throughout on my nightstand that all charge it up but yeah we can go deep into crystals or we can jump back into dreams let's let's stick with crystals for a second what is, or, or let's tie the two together because this okay. is because crystals have uh helped with my dreaming and dream recall and some of the vividness of dreaming and do you use any crystals when you are uh, doing any type of dream cartography, uh, astral travel, things like that? Or mm, I, well, I like around my bed, especially like in the windowsill and stuff by my bed, I have a lot of black tourmaline because I'm just like trying, but okay. 
I bought this crazy device. And at first I felt so stupid because they're called Soma Vedics, okay? okay? And they cost like $800 and they have crystals on the inside and oils. And I'm like, um, but it's supposed to mitigate EMF. So, and 5G networks, some of them, not all of them do 5G, but you know, they each have like different properties like that. And the one I got, it also restructures water. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, with all this conspiracy stuff coming up and them saying, you know, the metal in the vaccine and everything else and 5G network. I don't know if you've heard any of those conspiracies, but oh yeah. anyway, I was like, okay, well, what can I do to like help get rid of the 5g in my house you know for my family so i bought one of these devices and, and i was happy about it until it got here and the second it got here i was like what did i do why did i do that you know this has got to be snake oil mm-hmm. so i plugged the thing in though and i put it in my room the first night and anyway um i went to bed that night and i closed my eyes and the weirdest crap started happening like all of a sudden I had three-dimensional shapes, you know, you know, when you close your eyes, like just normally, like if you're closing your eyes right now, it's not necessarily static, but you, you kind of see like static. Yeah. And, or like the kaleidoscope type stuff. Do you get that as well? Where it kind of. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I had like actual shapes and they were all beautiful and it was a kaleidoscope and it was like so I was like this restructures water is restructuring me <laughs> because I'm water right and well we are we're like 80 percent water yeah so I was like okay it's not snake oil I was so happy after that so <laughs> so that's like my big thing that you know it I feel like that really helps my sleep and everyone in the family really I had a friend who said um, recommended them because she said that was the only thing that helped her son's ADHD and what is so, it called again? They're called Soma Vedics. S-O-M-A-V-E-D-I-C. Interesting. I'm going to have to look into that because that sounds like it would help me and my family a lot as well. <laughs> I ended up buying a second one because I'm in IT in my day job. So I put it in my office. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to look into those. But it's so true. I mean, even just the simple act of turning your... Uh, phone onto like airplane mode i've noticed affects my dreams and just the vividness of them you know it we really don't realize and i have a ton of black tourmaline too and shungite and coal that i found throughout like all these different like emf uh negative Mm -hmm. energy absorbers around but um yeah it's it's amazing how we are so affected by these things and most people have no clue whatsoever no and you know they want to get a pill for it and it's like that's just not the answer I I just heard somebody recently say that pharmacology like comes from the Greek for like pharmacologica or something like that pharmacologica and it means sorcery Mm -hmm. (laughs) and when I started thinking about it I was like thinking of old Smurf episodes and I was like you know, that's kind of funny because all all the old cartoons, when you'd go to a sorcerer to get a potion, they would work for a while and then you'd have like side effects and mm-hmm. then they stop working. And it's, yeah. it really is that. It's so, I mean, modern day pharmacology is that. 
Well, and think about it too, like just simple things like aspirin, right? You know, aspirin comes from a tree and you can yeah. go out and peel the bark and, and chew on that and you will get the same effect and it'll have a positive thing on your body. But what they do with these like medicines is they condense them and they synthesize them now. And now they're not actually natural. So they're any benefit you would have got from the natural thing is just, it's just destroying, yeah. it's destroying your liver. It's doing other damage. It's just, they take something pure and they alchemize it in their form of sorcery and not all alchemy is bad. I'm not saying that, but it's like, they just twist it and synthesize and corrupt everything and turn it into just a way to make money. Yeah. And it's, it, it's terrible. I mean, I was just watching Maybe. this guy on um, TikTok, which I, I'm not a fan of TikTok, but sometimes you get sucked in. And this guy was just testing all these like alkaline brands of water with uh, little drops. And every single brand, every single name brand out there is like pure acidic water. Ooh, <laughs> that's not good. No. And it's like all these, like some of the bigger ones too, like the um Icelandic and they charge like yeah oh yeah they they're like three four dollars a bottle yeah and it's like and he was showing how like certain ones they um i'll have to find this guy and like put him in the show notes because it was really interesting certain ones he would put the drops in it would be blue and it would look like it was um alkaline, alkaline. but then he would like shake it up a little bit or blow bubbles into it and all of a sudden it would turn yellow and it was like, see, they put these like stabilizers in there. So it seems so when they test it, it looks like it's alkaline, but it's actually not. You know, and I, me and my family, we stopped. I, I went ahead and got um, reverse osmosis for my house because I realized, you know, every one of those bottles of water, first of all, they're in plastic. And I don't know if you realize that like male sperm count is on the decline and male mm. testosterone levels are is on the decline and it's like because they put those um i think they call them taillates they put them in everything it's from plastic and it's like in the water bottles and everybody's drinking it thinking they're being healthy but it's also you know it's in your shower curtains and in your cleaning products and in lotion and you're like what are they doing you know i know anyway, I it just proved like, you know, people say everything is a conspiracy and they're like, oh, you're crazy for saying that. But it's like, no, even like rubber shoes are a conspiracy. <laughs> they like stop us from grounding to the earth. It's yeah. like, yeah. And it, my, my daughter has epilepsy. So like, that's the one thing I try to make her do all the time is go out and ground because I'm like, you have, you know, it's an electrical issue in your brain. <laughs> you need to like put it in the ground. You need to ground any kind of, I mean, that's how electricity works right right and yeah so i don't know how we got from dreams to <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really talked about dreams much not at all right. but yeah no it's just so interesting though because like i've noticed and it, people think you're crazy when you say this but like i i used to wear my crocs out to, mm -hmm. to like walk my dogs in the morning just in the backyard and stuff and when you know i would keep them on in the winter time because it's cold but as soon as it started getting a little warmer here it's like I took them off and I just do it barefoot. And it, it really is like drinking a cup of coffee. Almost. You're just like charged up and just awake. Like it wakes you right up. Maybe that's just, you know, being cold on the ground and whatnot, but I feel a difference. And even if it's placebo, I don't care. It works, you know? <laughs> it, yeah. Placebo is a great drug, man. Mm -hmm. It works really well. 
in many cases. So whether it is or not, I mean, it, it, I don't know. It's highly underrated. It is. And yeah, I just, again, noticing being grounded, noticing like just little things all done with like the intention, right? Like it's all about the intention you put behind it. Like I've noticed that just as much chaos is going on around me and like my personal life that I don't really talk about. It's like, we're just floating above it. Me and my wife, we're like, it's all good. You know, <laughs> this is all just nonsense. And I know it's because we have incorporated some of these woo woo things into our life. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Well, see, and that's, so my story is that I was pretty hardcore Christian, you know, up until a couple of years ago, and then I came into reality trend surfing because I was pretty unhappy. I mean, I had read the damn Bible, part of my expression to everyone, but, um, and I lived and breathed it, you know, I was highly religious. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, I wasn't happy though. So I started meditating and, and this guy was doing these guided meditations. He kept talking about reality trend surfing. So I read this book and it, it completely changed my life, especially, and um, it helped me lose religion without losing my soul, you know, and spirituality. I, think I found my soul and spirituality. Right. Yeah, I found it really. And I'm, I am happier. So it's amazing how, I don't know, just changing the, like being the active observer is what that is. Like what you were saying when you're, when you can view it all and you just see the chaos and it's almost funny. It's just like, yep, this is my circus and these are my monkeys, but yeah, but I don't have to participate on any level that I don't want to. It, it is. It's like, and again, I don't know if this is chaos magic or not, but it's like without giving away too many details of specific things, but it's like, we'll say, Oh yeah, they're going to do this next. And they do it. And it's like, <laughs> we just, we know it. And it's like, okay, well let's move on. But I was very similar. I, I wasn't raised religious at all, but uh, when I was around like 2013 in my like early twenties, I got kind of indoctrinated into like the Hebrew roots movement. And it was due to like a, a lucid dream that I had. It kind of led me down Ooh. this path. And I was really like looking for the answers as to why these like demonic entities were in this specific thing, trying to get me to do sign papers and stuff like that but so it just kind of led me down this path I got started looking into like the truth behind like um like the pagan roots of you know Catholicism and Christianity and then it led me to like the seventh day advents and then I started looking into the Hebrew root stuff and I was kind of half-assed doing it but I, I the same thing I was so unhappy I was like a miserable human being doing these things I wasn't eating uh I was eating yeah. kosher and just judging everyone you know <laughs> yeah like, yes and i know yeah, what that is mm -hmm. it was just yeah it was like everything was the devil crystals were demons and rocks like everything was like and the, the sick thing was it's like i did this to myself like i indoctrinated myself into this thinking i'm being really spiritual but i was completely spiritually dead and yeah <clears throat> once my son was born that kind of went away because <laughs> there's more important things in life, you know, being a good dad and, you know, keeping food on the table and things like that. But yeah. And then it just kind of this last year, I started getting back into this 
not, I was never into it. I started getting into like crystals and more of this meditating, grounding, things like that, because I had never done it. I used to like fall asleep with my shoes on, you know, I was one of those type <laughs> of people. And now I'm walking around barefoot in my yard in the morning. So it's been an interesting last like two years for me, but anyway, back to your story. Me too. With- yeah. I was, um, my neighbors probably think I'm crazy. Cause I do like ice baths, ice baths in my backyard in like a big Rubbermaid tub. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like to do the whole, yeah, I got into Wim Hof pretty big for, a, for a while, but, but yeah, grounding is fun. It's not fun, but I mean, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. And it can be fun too. I mean, yeah, why not? But so you started getting into trans surfing. So I'm not a hundred percent familiar with reality trans surfing. Could you just give like a kind of quick yeah. definition and then just go into like how it affected your life and why these drastic changes started happening? Sure. Okay. So reality trans surfing is a book that was written by um, Vadim Zeland, and he is a Russian mystic, but he, more than that, he's a quantum physicist. So um, he, he basically breaks down how reality works. And it's kind of mind blowing because we are trained to overthink everything and to complicate everything and that we have to try really hard. And so now when I see like spiritual people or like, um, um, not just spiritual, just motivational type people, want to say you have to work hard I'm just like man you don't get it you really don't (laughs) like you just have it really comes down to being intentional and staying awake so he really he he really is responsible for me started starting lucid dreaming because he really kind of he teaches you how and then um he explains that lucid dreaming helps you understand how reality works and how intention works so you know, a lot of people know about the law of attraction, but the law of attraction is missing a few elements. And um, really, he has the simplified version of all of this stuff. It's choosing just a frame. So just a, one moment from the lifeline that you want to be on. And like, like it's a film role, you say like you're in a film role. Mm-hmm. And you just see the one moment and you imagine it and then you pretty much let it go because he teaches about balancing forces and that that's pretty much the number one rule of nature is that um, nature always balances itself. So, you know, it does it with weather. You know, if it's too hot, then it will bring the wind and the rain. You know, Um, it does it with fires. It does it with everything. Water always runs a certain way. It balances itself out. So it's the same way with everything. If I put too much importance on anything, then um, balancing forces have to have to come into play and they have to um, balance out the excess potential. 100%. So it's, the, it's the almost duality. like you have to, yeah, you almost have to be in a state of, at first I didn't know if I liked it because it seemed almost like detachment, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not supposed to have like feelings and stuff. But, but I realized also that like my marriage had failed, you know, catastrophically. And I loved the man with my whole heart, but I could see where I messed up. Like I put so much importance on it that it, it just had to be balanced. And, you know, it hindsight is really 
one of the best teachers of reality is Transurf. And when you can look at everything through that paradigm, you kind of see why things worked and why they didn't. And then it helps you to bring what you want into your reality. So it's really just a great tool that doesn't require a lot of meditation. It requires none. All the practices are really simple. And, um, and it's really fun to just watch magic happen. And it's, it's really amazing. Like I've noticed this even just with like my dogs. So we have a two German shepherds and one is a, a rescue and she's a little hyper, you know? And it's like, if you get, if you get emotionally like involved, she gets more hyper, but if you're just like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, just relax. Like it, again, it, it almost feels like detached and it's sometimes a little scary. Cause you're like, oh, okay. I need to because our, our instincts are to react our instincts are to like be emotional and go crazy or yell or you know whatever and it's really just incredible how much just kind of taking yourself out and just well this is it's happening because i'm creating this chaos in my like everything is mental in a way like you're it is though like you're the first person you're you're the center of the universe you're the center of your universe really you know have you ever looked into like the hermetic principles or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but yes, they're they're, and I would say that reality transurfing kind of it goes along the same lines because right. it, a lot of these Russian mystics are very much into Carlos Castaneda, and um, I mean, it, it it seems like a lot of the stuff is the same stuff recycled, it's just put in a different package, and some of it's a little bit more palatable for for some folks you know right and that but that says something though like if you have multiple different people all telling you pretty much the same thing like there's probably some truth in it you know what i mean yeah like, well that's what i mean because it's like i could now i listen to neville goddard and i hear reality transurfing i can listen to napoleon hill i hear reality transurfing you know um it's all it's all telling you the, the same stuff Right. And like you said, too, like hindsight is the best teacher. And it's like that's that's the shadow work that everyone talks about, too, is being able to go back and, you know, objectively look at situations and nine out of 10 times you're the problem with that situation. And that's where it's hard to uh, accept that, I guess, or or come to terms with that. But I've been doing it a lot lately and things are better. I can't say they aren't, you know, and it, again, maybe it's placebo, but I don't think it is. No, it's not because, because your body is electric. So I don't know if you've like heard of the book, electric body, electric health, but this all, so this all ties into dreaming for me because I do a lot of shadow work in the dream state or because of the dream state. So, um, Carlos Castaneda was one of the first people to write about and teach people lucid dreaming. And whether people like him or not, it really doesn't matter. If you try his lucid dreaming stuff, it works. So, so you can call you can call him a heretic or say that he's a phony, but he was onto real information. And um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, um, we we're talking about I don't know the electric um, electric oh. body and how that's helped your um, dreaming. Yeah, because like, okay, 
my friend Janine actually turned me on to this. She um, studied um, massage and she learned about the acupressure and acupuncture points. Mm-hmm. And she pointed out that when you're dreaming, you are, you know, when you have you ever dreamt of a certain area of your body where you have a sore or you got shot or something like that. And, um, and you're like, what does that mean? You know, like I got shot between my eyes. What does that mean? Um, I don't know. I've died in dreams like that before. Oh, I yeah, know a lot I have of people too. haven't. Just, but... just last <laughs> okay, week, good, just last week I had, it was the weirdest thing. I kept having this like pain in between my shoulder blades, like right under my neck. And it was in the dream, but it was so real. Like when I woke up, I was like, wait, is my neck still hurting? And it wasn't, but I don't know. I, I know that has something to do with like meridians and things like that. Like, yeah, that's your but, governing vessel. So and it looks like it's probably 0.14 on your governing vessel, but you can look up what, so what I would do is your dreams, your body knows these points. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, we might not know anything about acupressure or acupuncture in the Western world, but there are legitimate areas in your body where electricity runs through. You are electric. And if you don't believe it, like go look at what's in your Gatorade or what's in your, um, look at the word electrolyte. It's right. added salts and minerals because you're electric, because your body runs on electricity. So these are just actual areas where the energy flows through your body. So when you need to do shadow work, um, your bot, you get energy stuck in these meridians and your dreams will kind of give you a clue. So that would be the governing vessel, the area you, I ha- I bought a big old acupressure chart and it's hanging up in my bedroom. So that way when I wake up, if there's a point on it, I can go look, I can get up and look right away. So if it's like kidney or kidney or bladder meridian, I know that I have some grief or sadness or actually, I'm sorry, um, kidney and bladder is like fear and anxiety. I actually had one of those dreams the other day. Um, or if it's gallbladder, I know I have some anger and the next day something will happen and that feeling will come up and it's, it's ready for me to alchemize and to release it from my body. Trapped emotion is like, it's part of what keeps you from being powerful, from being magic, because it's not, emotion literally means energy in motion. And when we sit and hold our breath, when we're upset, we trap it in our body or when we're like, I'm so mad, but I'm not going to act right now. I'm not going to even think about it. You know, um, we compartmentalize and we're breaking off. We're, we're fragmenting our soul really is what we're doing. So yeah. we're denying parts of ourselves. We're not allowing the emotion to move through our body and it gets trapped in there. And these are actual like sine waves. They are their energy and they need to move. They need to get out. And if they're not getting out, um, our dreams usually will give us a clue. And it'll let you know what emotion you need to deal with. And then it's up to you to kind of sit with it the next day and either process the emotion or wait until your triggering event will happen because it'll happen. Right. And that's, I was very much like, like where I would just hold everything in, you know, when I was younger and stuff. And the last like few years, like (laughs) me and my wife will say this to me, she's like, you just like say what you want to say and then you're just done with it. And then you don't like, and then you're over it. And it's like, meanwhile, she's like, I hold it in and I can't sleep at night. And it's like, 
there's something to that. I, again, I was never like this, but it's just like if something upsets me, I'm just going to say like, oh, that was annoying or that upset me. Don't do that again, whatever. But it's like just getting it out of there. Like you said, you can't hold on to that stuff. It really, it's what's like causing the disease in our body. Yes, exactly. Know? That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, that's where disease comes from. People don't want, you know, they want to change their diet or they want to um, take medicine or whatever. But a lot of the time it's you need to deal with the feelings that you've trapped inside your body. You need to release them. And it's not pretty always, but no, I do not. it in my car, <laughs> you know, like, and, and I was a person who didn't believe I should have feelings because my mom was kind of, um, she was a bottler. So she'd bottle it up and then she would explode. And I always just thought it was so messy. And so I, I did not want to have feelings. I did everything to not feel anything really. Mm-hmm. And really that's just compartmentalizing as well. So when I started, actually, I learned Reiki, and when when that started, um, the person who trained me also he he is also certified in Theta healing. So he kind of dealt with some limiting beliefs there. So my limiting belief was that I wasn't allowed to have feelings, and so when we started targeting that and the feeling started coming to the surface, I realized I had to start doing my alchemy. And that's, that's how I define alchemy because you're taking something that feels like poison and it is poison to your body and you're releasing it. And when you release it, you are opening up your psychic gifts. So. 100% and alchemy can literally be applied to anything, whether you're doing, you're transmuting negative emotions into positive things, or you're literally, you know, carving a piece of wood into something it's all alchemy because you're taking something and i'm quoting my friend the mad hatter here it's like you're taking unfavorable things and turning it into something favorable like it really can be applied to just about anything cooking is you're taking raw material and you're turning it into something favorable you take a negative emotion and do the shadow work do what you got to do target that meridian whatever it is just transmute it get rid of it change it make it something <laughs> embrace embrace the shadow you know what it's like it, it really is life-changing and again i'm not perfect at it i'm not sitting here saying like i'm some guru or anything like that i have plenty of flaws that i still need to work out but yeah it's you want to hear a cool embracing the shadow dream yeah okay so my daughter she's 18 but she had something happen two years ago and she has severe PTSD. So she had like six months where she had nightmares every single night. So I taught her lucid dreaming. And, you know, at first I taught her lucid dreaming as an avoidance mechanism, right? Like we don't have to deal with this and you can wake up in the dream and you can change it. And I mean, she caught on immediately. So it it was very natural for her. But the nightmares really weren't going away. So I told her, well, this is what you need to start doing. You need to like turn around on the, the nightmare character that's chasing you or whatever and just say, what are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to learn? And so she did it like immediately. She went into that and she's like, well, I don't remember what they said to me, but you know, I did ask and it kind of, it, it kept the nightmare from going on. So then I told her, about how I've been having these reintegration dreams. So I see like a shadowy figure. 
and I reintegrate. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I reintegrate through sex in most of my dreams. <laughs> so I pull pieces of myself back through, you know, through sex. It's the fun way. So and my subconscious really likes it because I didn't choose it. It just that's just the way it happens. Right. But um, <laughs> I so I told her about how um, she should face the dream because I had done this myself. Or um, I had the shadowy dog person character, and I was like, hey you know, are you ready to come back? And he looked at me and he was like, I just want to, you know, I'm so hungry. I just want to eat you. And I was like, I got pissed because he didn't want to reintegrate. So I actually went and opened up the wall. Like it was the wall of a building and there wasn't a door. So I made it a door and I said, dogs belong outside. (laughs) (laughs) And I kicked him out. So I didn't reintegrate it, but I told her about it. And I said, you know, so what you should do the next time somebody is chasing you in a dream is turn around and ask them or you know ask them if they're ready to come back and she the next day she's like oh my gosh mom she's like I had this guy chasing me in a dream she's like and he was like had long hair and he looked like he was Hawaiian or something she's like so I was running she's like and I was really scared and then I really remembered what you said so I turned around and I said are you ready and she just kind of held out her arms and he looked at her and he goes he gave her a thumbs up but then he goes are you sure and she said yeah so he came over to give her a hug and he integrated into her wow yeah and so she did it again the other night she's like oh she's like i had a dream where there was a tornado and we were in this mexican restaurant and um this mexican man was serving us and he was giving us ice cream he really liked me she's like but then i was worried you know um she went outside to look for her brother and I guess there was um, a shadowy figure out there. And so she got really scared. And then she realized, hey, that's a soul fragment. I need to pull that back into me. So she ran and got it and she hugged it. And she said when she hugged it, she had this memory of her dad who also happened to be Mexican. So she, she was like, I know why the guy was Mexican in the Mexican restaurant because this is the soul fragment that I got from dad, like something that had to you know, reintegrate. And um like she had an instant memory when she held this one and it, it tripped her out. So you can do a lot of shadow work in the dream space, especially if you remember to just face your nightmare and ask it what it's trying to teach you and ask right. it if it wants to come back. Cause these are pieces of you that you rejected at some point. That's amazing. I mean, I'm just try- I, like trying to think of all the different shadowy things I've had in dreams. I've never done that where you ask it to come back. I've had situations where you, I used to have these, like, I call them the politicians. They they would just like show up in dreams. And I got to the point where I could just tell them no, and they would just leave. But now I'm wondering, like, are they, were they like soul fragments that I should have maybe integrated back in? Sometimes um, reoccurring dreams, it can be a place or people they can be soul fragments yeah but that could also be like guides yeah i've had a lot of people tell me that maybe they were your guides and i'm like telling them to fuck off and they're like we're trying to help you dude like well did they ever help you did they ever teach you anything no and so this dream i had i'm sure you've heard it if you've heard any of other podcasts i've been on but I had like three different lucid dreams, like one after another, I would wake up into the next one. And the final one was these 
politicians that were all sitting around this table. And when I became conscious and realized I was in this thing, they're handing me a, a piece of paper to sign. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to sign this. And the more like I resisted signing this paper, the more their faces went from like, I call them the generic politicians. They just looked like any asshole you'd see on like Fox News or CNN. And then their faces started twisting and turning very demonic. And then by the end of this dream, I was finally, I just said, no, I'm not signing it. And I like pushed my way from the table and I woke up into my bed in full sleep paralysis. And those characters Ooh. have popped up multiple times in different dreams. I haven't had them in several years now, but it got to the point where like they would just show up in places almost like, you know, the Mr. Smith in the Matrix. They would just pop up and it got to the point where I could be like, no, like just go away. And they would just turn and walk away. So I don't know what to think of these things. We could do a shamanic um, dream reentry and see, like confront them. I, I'd be willing to guide you through it because I've done this with myself and with a friend actually. So you can actually use an old dream as a portal and you can go back in and kind of see. Um, it, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. My friend, she um, she stopped dreaming in 1987. <laughs> she said, wow. and she had like a very active dream life before that where she was lucid dreaming all the time. And um, she had this dream where she had walked by this pond and it had all these crazy, like scary things um, in the water. And then at the end, she saw this mangled seal. Like she couldn't even bear to look at the seal, she said. And I just like, she sealed off her dreaming, even though it was like a seal, like an, um, she saw like an animal, you know, the seal, an animal. And it was like murdered and chopped up. And it was just, she couldn't bear to look at it but she sealed off her dreaming and so there's some word magic uh, for you <laughs> it's and that's your subconscious does it all the time mm -hmm. i'm telling you like that's why it's so important to write them down because you don't even really hear it until you go back and read it like what the heck like there was spilled beans on the floor like and i literally like wrote you know somebody spilled beans on the floor who spilled the beans i mean your mm -hmm. your subconscious does these weird little things and you don't even really realize it but yeah, so I took her back through and we went into the dream and I made her grab an object out of that pond <laughs> and it was not, I was expecting it to be like, like a squid or something or like a piranha. And she described like this three-dimensional shape, like it's almost like a cube with like mm -hmm. tentacles and stuff and pinchers and, and anyway, um, it, it led to the memory of why she had sold that dream off she couldn't bear to look at what she had done to a friend at the time and so her dreaming came back online afterwards it was really cool so that's so amazing. yeah yours sounds kind of creepy the contract thing sounds scary but <laughs> <laughs> but if it is a soul fragment you know you can look and see yeah that's we'll have to talk after the show and try to figure that one out but um yeah. So when you when you do these um, retrievals, are you in the dream state as well? Or are you awake, guiding them through um, it almost like it's it? Um, you have to have like shamanic drum beats that kind of helps mm -hmm. slow down the brain waves. And so I kind of look at this also as a theta healing as well. So um, I close my eyes 
because I'm trying to drop my brainwave down. Mm-hmm. And she closes her eyes and she goes through and she just starts at the beginning. She describes it to me and we walk through. So I'm really doing active imagination, mm-hmm. but I'm the guide. I'm the one telling her, oh, no, 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 we're not walking by the pond. We're going to go ahead and put your hand in the water. And she's like, I can't do that. That's so scary. And I was like, grab a glove. So she like literally like imagines putting a glove on, like we had to do this stuff in order to get to that point. But, but um, it just, it helps to have somebody guide you through. Wow. That's, it's absolutely incredible. Now, when she reached into the pond, did you see what she ended up seeing or was it after she described the shape yeah I could I I mean but I think you know um this is a is it Robert Moss he's a shaman anyway um and he teaches shamanic dreaming and that's where I learned this actually and he said that eventually you do see it so it's again this is the first time I've, I've done it with another person I've done it on several of mine, like, because I dreamt of my childhood home every day for like five years. I wasn't going anywhere else. And it was really bizarre. And then I learned that if you keep going back to a place, it's not because your soul wants to, it's because you have a soul fragment you need to retrieve there. Interesting. So, yeah. So I was able to take some of my more vivid dreams there where I had a lot of sensory, like I had the sense of smell and everything in the dream. And I was able to use that to portal back in. And I went room to room in that house until I found it. And and I did. And it was like, it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a childhood memory because a lot of my trauma, I do trauma healing as well. And a lot of the trauma healing stuff I do is like early childhood. But this was like, this was young adulthood. And <laughs> I was shocked. Like it was something I wouldn't have thought, but it was um, I combine a lot of this stuff, though, personally, with Ho'oponopono. Are you familiar with it? No. It, it's a Hawaiian technique for trauma healing, pretty much. Okay. And it's so simple, but it's like, um, I've, I've added this to my practice. So when I have something that comes up that I need to alchemize and release the emotion, any memories, I, I just do this. I think of the other person, like if I wronged somebody, I'll imagine them and I'll say I'm sorry please forgive me thank you I love you and even if you don't feel like you wronged them you just do it until you feel okay but then you have to look at the younger version of yourself and do the same thing so I'm sorry please forgive me thank you I love you and you do it and I mean usually you end up crying it's like weird but it's the release of that emotion it's coming out and then you know when you're done it's it just feels awesome and it's done in minutes, you know, it doesn't take hours and it doesn't take um, paying for a therapist. It's really powerful, really effective, and it's, it's quick. So usually when, so when this stuff comes up, like when I helped my friend and she had the memory, I gave her the technique and she was able to do that part on her own. So. Wow. That's, yeah, it's, I, I've heard of like other uh, similar kind of stuff where you like go through, I think it was like, I think it was Jen from the legit bat podcast was saying how you kind of go through and talk, like love yourself as a child all the way, you know, through the years. And you just kind of go that route. But I I think I like your method a little more where you just kind of go to that specific 
memory and just deal with that that like film strip like you were saying that moment that's yep. pretty and you just pull the emotion out of it you know you forgive yourself and you forgive the other person and you you reclaim your power yeah that's because I, I have an issue with crying I have not been able to cry uh, the last time I cried was when my son was born and that was just involuntary that was nothing and it's not that I can't get the feels it's not that I can't like I can see things that make me emotional, but I have, yeah. not, I just can't get that like good, deep cry, you know? And I wonder if it's like, I used to cry a lot as a little kid over everything, you know, up until I was like probably 14 years old, I would cry if like I didn't do well on a test or just get very emotional over a lot of different things. But yeah, it's something I need to work on for sure. Um, and that's yeah. where I was a couple of years ago. So, mm -hmm. um, and then when I started doing, you know, I addressed my limiting belief that, you know, I wasn't allowed to have feelings. Um, when, once I started healing that, um, it all started welling up and it, it, it felt like every time I was in the car and I had no cause for it, like mm -hmm. no reason at all to cry. And it was just like, all of a sudden I would just put, and, the, and just sobbing. I'm like, what the hell is going on with me? Is this like hormonal or what? But it, it wasn't. It's just a lot of trapped shit. Years of not crying. You know, it, There's a lot of things that trigger us and we just, we let it go or we think we let it go, but we, we really don't, you know? Um, it's... Yeah, so, I mean, that's a whole nother episode of why Nico can't cry. But you mentioned the reoccurring dreams. And I have this place that I go to probably once a month in the dream world. And I call it the college. It's like this big white stone building built into the side of a mountain. And I go there all the time. It's got red carpeting all throughout it. There's like a thousand rooms. And I'm always when I become conscious in the dream, it's like, I have to get somewhere in this building. And as soon as I get to the place I need to get, I open the door and that's when I wake up and it happens constantly. But I know I, it's hard to explain because if, I, I mean, you'll, you'll get this when you're in a reoccurring dream, it's like, there's a whole history there that, you know, but mm -hmm. you can't, you can't bring it I, I can't tell you what it is the in the yeah. right in the waking world. When I'm in that dream, I know everything. I know where things are. And what's funny is like sometimes if I try to be like go open a different door or something, things will move around. Things will literally like shift over. Staircases will go up to the other side of the room, or like that shelf will no longer be there if I go to go over to it. It's very weird. <laughs> it's hard Nico, to explain. Have you been to Hogwarts? <laughs> right it's kind of similar to hogwarts except it's white and red like it's just like this yeah. weird thing but it only happens in the dream and okay so red makes me think with all the carpeting being red that it's a root chakra thing probably <laughs> yeah so there you know i the, again that's where i'd like find where you're like what a root chakra imbalance looks like emotionally or, or physically, whatever, you know, but I mean, just look at that. Um, and it's obviously not just that this is actually, this might be a place that you've helped create even because we do that in our dreams too. We create dream air, dream worlds, you know? Right. And that's kind of where I'm like, at, cause like all this, uh, 
I, I, I was into lucid dreaming a little bit and I not, I, I can't like force myself to do it. It just kind of happens naturally. Sometimes I, I don't, if I've ever tried like techniques, they don't typically work. I, I'll still have dreams and stuff, but it's hard to explain, but this place, I, I do believe that I have, uh, what do they call that? Where it's like my home base almost. It's like, I go there yeah. to learn something and I can't tell you what I learned, but something happened there. And it's like, yeah, you know, subconsciously what you learned and it was pretty mm -hmm. profound usually. Right. And the other thing I wanted to ask you too, because this has happened to me a lot in dreams is I'll go to a place that's like the last one I had was at my grandparents' house. My grandparents that live in Boston, they live in like a, my, my step grandfather owns all these uh, like duplexes and stuff. And they live on the top floor and it's a small little house, but I was in this dream. I was up in their attic and I found like behind some like uh, coats and stuff that were hanging upstairs. I found like this secret entry to a second attic in the place. Ooh. And it's, this has happened a couple different times. It's happened at my grandparents' house my aunt's house where I'll go in through like a little door or a vent and I find this whole level to this, this house or place that no one seems to know existed. And it's that's like, another, that's another part of you. Like that's an unexplored part of you. So it's like, it's kind of hidden. Right. So, cause the house where no matter where it is pretty much represents you. Right. So if it's like, if you have a secret room, like I always have the secret scary rooms. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's a part of me that I'm afraid to look at, you know, that, that, you know, I'm not quite consciously aware of. So, so if yours isn't scary though, that's even, that's even better. Like, it's almost like you're unlocking a part of yourself. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like the best way I can explain it is like, I don't know. It, it's not quite. I guess industrial in a sense, because it's always like I'm going into this stuff and it's unexplored, but it's not really scary. It's, it's interesting. It's like, I want to see where else this goes. And then it gets to a point and then I usually wake up or I'm back mm -hmm. in like where I started. And that's another thing that happens all the time in like lucid dreams or just even regular dreams. It's like, I get to a point and then it just, I'm back at the beginning. Like, I can tell you about this one afterwards. I don't want to waste time on the show talking about my stuff that people have heard a million times, but what I know you do some like dream cartography and you were saying how like you, you were able to just put that door there to get rid of the dog man. And yeah. How does one and, go and, about doing that? <laughs> okay. So you kind of opened that up for dream cartography pretty well, because um, you talked about how you go back to that place about once a month. So the idea behind dream cartography, and I, um, I learned it actually from this fictional series called the dream searchers, but it's, it's based on a group of Russian dream hackers. Like when they translated it, they had to call it dream searchers for some reason, but, um, they're actual real people. And, um, they started exploring the dream state together and, back in the 80s and they did really profound things and it was all based on Carlos Castaneda's work so um but one of the best methods they found for being lucid 
was to start drawing a dream map. So in the book, the books, they call it dream mapping, but I, I was researching like crazy as I was reading this book. And I'm like, every time you Google dream map, all you, you get find like is people's, like people's boards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dream. And you're like, fuck, this is not what I'm looking for. Right. So I finally am like, okay, map, map, cartography. There we go. So I look up dream cartography and I found it. And, um, it, the idea is that we frequent like many of the same places in our dreams. So if you draw out your map, um, even if you can't connect areas yet. So like, um, my childhood home, that's obviously probably towards the center of my map because I go there a lot. Um, your building or whatever, um, with a red carpet in the side of the mountain that, that I would actually say that's probably North by the way, but, um, you, you start drawing the setting of your dream. So I do talk about dream interpretation because it is valid and it's kind of important to pay attention to what your, your body, which is your subconscious is trying to communicate to you. It speaks in metaphor. It doesn't have its own language. So it's trying to talk to you in a way that it can, but really um, lucid dreaming teaches you how it teaches you how reality works. It teaches you, basically, you get instant manifestation in the dream state or near instant. The only difference on this side of the, the mirror or the side of the veil is that you have a little bit of a delay. So anyway, um, if you go back to the same places all the time and you start drawing your map out and you think about it consciously, eventually you can start connecting places. You figure out how, where they're connected. And then um it helps your your brain just to realize hey i've been here before i'm dreaming wake up and so it's a lucid trigger and it's just and actually my very first lucid dream it was i was actually running up a staircase and there was this guy who was like in a like like the old-fashioned they look like the astronaut but they were like the underwater divers he was like in a suit mm-hmm. like that and he was chasing me up the staircase and I get to the top of the staircase and I looked at, at the flooring and it looked like this tile and it looked familiar. And then I looked up at this light fixture and I knew I'd seen a light fixture before. And I realized I'd been there before. So I was like, Oh, I've been here before I'm dreaming. So then, you know, I turn around and look at the guy and he's just like waiting for me, like, Oh crap, she woke up. Like, what do I do? He's waiting for me, you know, to decide. And I look at him and I go, I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> I was like, I need a red dress and high heels. And so, you know, he gave me my outfit and I walked down the staircase and I was in a casino. So, um, but, but I triggered lucidity just by realizing that I was in that, in that place before. So if you start mapping your dream, so, so the idea is that the setting of your dream is more important than the content of your dream. Right. And I like for me, so you write down your dream. It's important to write down your dreams because that's how you're getting the messages from your subconscious. But also when you treat your dreams like they're important and you talk about them and you write them down and you have good recall, it helps you to, to get lucid more often. Um, so then um, if you can sketch it out and my sketches are horrible. What I started doing is I started just doing them on little post-it notes. So that way, as I could figure out where things connected, I could move them. 
and put them together like a puzzle. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fascinating. Cause again, it's always like you said, there's, there's just something there that triggers it. Like I realize, Oh, it's, it's always the red carpet for that place with that particular one, but it's like, it's just amazing. But like one of my first lucid dreams too, was I was actually like in, this is so dorky, but I played a lot of world of Warcraft, but like oh, I, I was, love world of Warcraft. I used to play that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I was in one of the like elf forests with all the big trees and stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay. I can do stuff here. And it was pretty cool. I was able to like jump and run around and really kind of fly through the air. And that, leads to the sequence of like crazy lucid dreams that <laughs> happened it started off i was like in this elf forest in world of warcraft literally running and jumping through the air and what happened was i hit my head on the ceiling oh. or like on the sky <laughs> i hit my head on the sky and i was like Doom, and i woke up in this white room on a couch <laughs> with like wow this and it was so real I thought it like I thought I woke up there and again I've told I'll just tell it what the heck if have you heard this one yeah please do no I haven't heard this one so this is exciting because I have something similar so so I I had the you know world of warcraft experience I hit my head on the sky which you know that kind of led me to look into like flat earth and some other stuff too with the dome theory and whatnot but so I I wake up into Truman show right (laughs) this this was I, I credit this dream to my spiritual awakening kind of which got me into everything so i hit my head on the sky i wake up in this big open room with windows everywhere on this white couch i'm in all white with a white sheet and everything i wake up and this like woman comes in and she's like oh you're awake and again i can smell everything i can feel everything i feel the fabric like i, I can't tell you the linen count on the sheet but it was like that detailed where and wow. I was like, where am I? And she's like, oh, you were in a car accident. And I was like, no, I wasn't. I was just dreaming. Like I was jumping around. And I was like, I was just dreaming. Where am I? And she's like, no, no, no. You're in a car accident. They brought you here. You're in like basically a rehab facility and we're just getting you better. And I was like, no, this and something just felt off. You know, it was like, this isn't right. My stomach dropped. I could feel everything. I was like sweating. I was like, no, this isn't right. Like I was just dreaming. Why am I not in my bed? And she's like, no, no, no. You need to sit down. Just don't get up. You're fine. So after that banter for a couple seconds, I'm like, no, I'm getting up. And as I'm like arguing with her, this woman's face starts morphing. And it like literally morphed into the best way I can describe it is Darth Maul from Star Wars and an orc from Lord of the Rings. It just morphed into oh, this wow and i could like smell her breath i could see like the spit coming out and she's like you it, it turned completely again demonic it's the only word i can use and she was like you're not leaving and i was like no i'm leaving and i got up ran out the door and as soon as i like hit this like glass door i woke up again into uh this conference room with these like 10 or 12 people sitting around this table and I'm sitting there about to sign this paper and they're all like looking at me smiling. They're like, all right, great. And then I snap into consciousness again. I'm like, no, I'm not signing this. Cause I couldn't read anything on the paper. All I could see was sign oh, yeah. here. 
And then that's, you've heard that part where I, I argue with them and then their faces turn demonic. And then all of a sudden I push away from the table and boom, I'm in my bed in sleep paralysis for like three minutes straight. And I've had sleep paralysis since I was 11 years old. I don't really get it anymore. I haven't had the last one I had was in 2020, I think, or no, 20, mm-hmm. I had one in April of 2021, but that wasn't that bad. But yeah, it, this was like insane. I couldn't get up. And then that just, that one messed me up for several months. I didn't talk about it to anyone. And Oh, I bet. That's scary. <laughs> um, and that's where I'd say, you know, it's kind of important to protect your, your, you know, sleep state because when you're lucid um, and people don't realize when you're astral traveling, even you're, which honestly, I'm not sure there's much of a difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some people who say that there really is none. Um, and Carlos Castaneda is actually teaching you that the art of dreaming is basically, yeah, it's the astral state, but where you're there, when you're there, you're susceptible to what, what I call implants, you know, um, and an implant can be an idea or a suggestion, but um, it could be bad programs. Cause I kind of, I, I have this whole like word, we're like human computers we're like we're we're like robots we run bad programs sometimes you know and um and yeah uh so it's almost important to like declare your sleep state and um and your sovereignty before you go to sleep like do what you need to do for your own protection i do this little five minute meditation that's called the 12 dimensional shield and i just kind of that's my morning that's first thing I do in the morning and first thing I do or last thing I do before I go to sleep and um it's just kind of pulling all my energy and my auric field into this and it's grounded between you know the heavens and the earth and it just feels like I feel pretty safe in my sleep state now I used to have demonic attacks a lot in the sleep state so but then now part of me wonders because it's always like a little scary girl that's like a demon with her head rolling around and stuff and i'm like is that a is that a soul fragment yeah so would so you mind, it's scary one you know right but, would you mind telling a couple of those or or one if, if you have any that are <laughs> yeah it's almost the same girl but like um at my old house and i was sleeping with my bed on the west wall which is stupid by the way um we are again we're electromagnetic and the north pole is magnetic we should be head you should have your headboard facing north if you can but the worst direction to have your headboard facing is west so every other direction is fine because i noticed i'd have to look at my house that this this was at my parents house growing up that happened in 2013 that dream but i noticed anytime i would sleep with my back towards the door and my head facing the wall is when I would get these sleep paralysis things. And that just makes so much sense. I'd have to look and see what the direction actually was there. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It, and and it seems almost, you know, to me, when I first read that, I was like, that's ridiculous. What would that have to do with anything? But once you start learning about polarities and magnetism and all of that, it's like, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, the health, they say it's actually bad for your health to sleep with your headboard on the West wall. I believe it. So, yeah, like, um, but at that time I was sleeping on the West Wall a lot and I would have the, um, 
like I was going pretty deep into layers of dreams. So um, they call it different levels. Like if you fall asleep in a dream and you know, you wait, um, you wake up in another dream, that's a different level of dreaming. Mm-hmm. And I would have the false awakenings, but there'd be, it would happen to me every morning, like 14 times in a row. I would even be halfway to work in my car and realize I was sleeping and wake up again. And I mean, it, it would happen over and over and over again to where I didn't know if I was awake or not really. And um, so one of the times, like, I, I don't know, I don't even know how I got to this part of my driveway, but there was this little girl on a tricycle there and brown hair in a kind of like a little nightgown. And she just had the whole Linda Blair face, but she was like, she was little, like maybe three or four. And she just starts laughing and everything and, you know, grinning at me and and just scaring me and I'm like sitting there like trying to do the Lord's prayer and everything or singing like Jesus loves me and she's just laughing and laughing and laughing and I'm you know trying to wake myself up and my heart's just like pounding and and I've dreamt her a few different times the one one was in a big old house um and I think in the house quite a bit but she was like actually in my driveway one day so yeah and I always have considered those demonic attacks so but now yeah. I'm like, hmm, that might be a really scary aspect of myself. Right. And it's because that, that's something that I'm like struggling with, with just trying to come, not so much come to terms with it, but it's like, are there some of these like shadow beings? Because I would always see these shadow things in sleep paralysis and they would just stand in the corner of the room. They never one time, you know, one was on top of me and that felt mm-hmm. purely demonic. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I always wonder like, what is the difference between a soul fragment that you need to confront versus like a straight up bad entity trying to hurt you? Or how do you, I guess some spiritual discernment would help to have, but I don't know when you're little, like a little kid. I would say that, but yeah, I mean, how, how, I don't think it's necessarily that I think, um, here's a so if we get like into the Jungian stuff he says that you know you have all these archetypes right mm-hmm. that you need to reintegrate but um I've heard like some hermetics talk about how there's actually 144 pieces of you that you need to reintegrate and they said that there's you know 12 major that are higher and there's 12 that are lower and um and each one is branched off into or actually there's like six and six and each of those is branched off into 12 so um so you have like lower aspects so you're so the goal is when you reintegrate a good piece you kind of have to reintegrate the darker aspect of self as well you you stay balanced you know so i and he said a lot of these times these demons or you know i'm doing demons in air quotes here um they are very fucking powerful pieces of yourself no, I would, so, I would agree with that because, yeah. again, I would say nine out of 10 things that I've encountered, have I, I know for a fact that they are, like you said, dark soul fragments. But there's always that like one that I'm like, I don't know what that was. It was yeah. Like there, there's no explanation for that. It, it was just evil. 
Like I can't explain it any other way than that. I have a theory about sleep paralysis and and I mean, there's a bunch, but Mm -hmm. um, so in the sleep state, you know, you're obviously in a lower brainwave and that's like one thing that I've learned a lot through lucid dreaming is, you know, how to use my intention. So like, I learned that walls are solid in the dream state, just like you hit your head. You know, I've, I've hit my head before and I actually tried to put my arm through a wall and it didn't work. The wall, I kept hitting, hitting my hand really hard on the wall, <laughs> trying to stick my arm through the wall. I had to close my eyes and like, just say, okay, I intend to stick my hand through the wall. And then I opened my eyes and I put it through the wall. But, you know, just wanting to do it isn't enough. That's not the same as intention. Want and intention are not the same thing. Um, and actually, that's the reality transurfing quote. He says, um, we do not want, we we do not hope, we intend. And there is a difference and you learn it in the sleep state. But um, But basically, another thing that he talks about is that when we manifest, you have to have alignment of heart and mind. If you just want something with your head, like money, you'll never manifest it because your heart doesn't understand the value of money. Only your brain does. So your heart understands like the experiences. So you can manifest like an all expense paid trip or something because your heart could get behind that. Um, Your brain's not going to, but anyway, you have the, the factor in the sleep state where you can manifest next to instantly. So you're in sleep paralysis and you're not, you feel like you're awake. You feel like your eyes are open. Right. And maybe they are but they might not be. This could be like a, a false awakening as well. And so immediately when you can't move your body, what feeling do you fear? Do you feel, first of all, is fear, right? Mm-hmm. So he says, Vadim Zeeland says that you manifest things that you fear almost all the time. And because whatever you're fearing, you or things that you hate, you hate with all your heart and all your mind. And when you fear stuff, you fear with your heart and your mind. So when you're in sleep paralysis, if you feel fear, because I've had sleep paralysis twice and it didn't scare me Um, and I didn't see anything scary. I just literally couldn't move my body for a while. So um, I really think that if you go straight to fear, you're going to manifest some ugly, dark stuff pretty, pretty quickly. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, so I, I talked to, because um, my friend suffers from sleep paralysis. So we talked about love because um, he said that when his baby was crying and he saw the dark shadow going to touch his baby, he was sleeping in the same room and it freaked him out because he had sleep paralysis. But when he started thinking about how much he loved his baby, he was able to get out of it faster and move his body. So. I think the key is trying to overcome fear. So either through love, but my other friend said, you know, when he calls on Jesus, it doesn't work. <laughs> I said, yeah, but you're calling on Jesus from a state of fear still, right? I said, right. so almost a way to transmute fear might be comedy. And I don't, you know, trying to make something funny out of it. And I know that seems like really basic, but at the same time, it might be the key. Yeah. And I've had times where I've called on Jesus and it's snapped me right out of it. You know, it's, it's 
no, it just, boom, it's done. And then there's other times you call and it's like you said, you're doing it out of fear. It's not going to work, but this is what's like interesting. I kind of trained myself because this would happen all the time growing up from the time I was 11 till I was, I don't know, 22 years old. It was like, I, I got to the point where I could like look at my clock and I would agree that some of them were probably false awakenings, but there's times I could look over at my clock and just see the minutes tick down and then it would just wear off. And that's what was so Ooh. weird about it. It's like, I, it wasn't like I woke up again, unless I'm still dreaming, which is totally possible. I'm not going to rule that out either. But like, I would literally like turn my eyes, I look, cause I kept my clock right there. Cause it would happen so frequently. I wanted to see how long it was actually going on and usually it was short like a, a minute wouldn't even pass but there was a few times that it was like two three minutes and then it would just like it felt like it just released me and I would just get out of bed I'd be out of breath and then I'd you know stay awake for the rest of the night <laughs> and it was always around that like three four o'clock time that that would happen huh. okay so that's like um depending but that's probably around your second REM like towards the end of your second REM phase mm -hmm. that's interesting yeah because I, I would agree that a lot of them probably were um either false awakenings or just like there's nothing and a lot of them weren't scary you know what I mean not every single one had a shadow entity in the room those were frequent but not like every time it was just like Okay. And then you start to think, do I have like some weird disorder? Is this something like yeah, <laughs> wrong with me, like neurologically or whatever, but yeah, it's just, it's hard to explain. Like there's some where you, you get up and you, you're like, okay. And then other times it was just like, it literally felt like the chains came off or whatever was on top of you kind of crushing you just let go. And I don't know how to explain that one or, or those ones, you know? Yeah, no, I know. And, and I've only, like I said, I've experienced it twice. So, but each time it was, I don't know, it just felt like, and it was because the phone rang both times, you know, I was like deep in a nap and then the phone rang and I couldn't get up to answer it. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's like, it woke my body in, in REM. I don't know. That's, I'm glad I don't, I'm glad I don't have that issue, but that, you know, the other theory is that, you're about to pop out of your body and go astral. So, well, and that's kind of my theory on sleep paralysis is that it's kind of like an initiation almost like how, mm -hmm. how much can you handle? Because again, I've, I've had a few lucid experiences where I do believe I was not in my body anymore, whether that's lucid or astral. I don't really know how to define that yet, but I do feel like this, sense of like not being able to I don't know if it's your soul coming back into your body or what but I, I feel like it's some type of initiation to see like how much can you actually handle before you are completely out of your body you know yeah absolutely well and it it is the same state so um in the art of dreaming he teaches four of the seven gates of dreaming and what what you know when you know when you approach the gate and when you go through the gate, you know, and one of them is that, you know, cause what he talks about 
is again, is all this emotional healing crap that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. It's part of dreaming. If you, if your dreaming is offline, <clears throat> you have some shadow work to do. Mm-hmm. And because you, if you don't have enough energy, you don't have fuel for your energetic body. So it's in order to, you have to get rid of all these blockages in your meridians, in your chakra system, you get rid of your blockages. And then all of a sudden you have fuel for your energetic body. So he says, like, um, there's one point when Carlos was like talking about actually, um, Don Juan, his teacher tells him, you got to be really careful because you're going to start seeing things and it's going to look really different. And, um, when Carlos had his first dream, um, when he was through this particular gate of dreaming, he said he was tripping out on the grain of the wood flooring because the detail, like he, he was basically seeing fractals in the floor, you know, he's, mm-hmm. and, um, and Carlos or Don Juan told him, you don't want to sit and just get obsessed because if you get obsessed, you know, you're going to, um, you get stuck in that area. And right. I've had my dreaming guides help me twice because I've seen out of my energetic body eyes twice now. And it is way different. Um, the first time it was, it was grass. It was just a patch of grass. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I saw little crystals on all of them. And like, I could have just sat and stared at the color of this grass forever. It's, it doesn't exist in this world. Mm-hmm. And um, I had these guides like, pull me along like nope come on you know you have to keep following us right, like let's stop with I'm, the add like yeah 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 so like that, all now, i want to do is just sit and admire how beautiful this is and they're like no that's not what we're doing and so and bef- then no go ahead okay go ahead. Honest, i was gonna say have you had any experiences with psychedelics because i hear a lot of people that do psych i've never done them personally but i hear a lot of people have very similar experiences with that where they'll get you know fixated on things and just enjoy like yeah. it's like you know this yeah this cloud is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and it's like i i can kind of relate to it because i've had similar things like that in dreams where whether it's yeah. just water coming up on the beach and i'm just staring at that or something simple like i i can't explain exact things all the time but it's like yeah i know that feeling where you just see everything and it is it's almost like it's like fake but realer than real you know what I mean it's yeah it's so intensely real and beautiful and you're like I know this doesn't exist in the real because I the other thing I saw was a bullet hole through a piece of sheet metal and the, my guys had to pull me away from that too because it was just beautiful <laughs> I was just like sitting there obsessing on you know just like the way that the metal was like melted and moved in different areas and peeled Bent back out and it was and just, just yeah, yeah I can see it it's <laughs> And and again, I do have, I do have experience with psychedelics, but I mean, not in any recent years, it was a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I, I almost similar, but not nearly as intense as dreamy. <laughs> right. And that, that kind of like, that's why I'm hesitant to do psychedelics because I feel like we can do all this stuff naturally. You know, you just have to, like you said, put your intention into it. You have to practice. But I, I feel like you can achieve most of these, like what people want when they take mushrooms or do acid or whatever. Yeah. I feel like we can do that naturally. I mean, our brain produces these chemicals and we, 
you just have to learn I, how to I, use them, you know? Have you gotten into breath work at all? Like um, Wim Hof method? I have not this, done it personally, oh, but I've, I've started looking into it. So yeah, let's, let's talk about Let me this connect this to dreaming too, because this is wild. Okay. So I, I actually started because I, I was a smoker and I watched this guy post this video on Instagram where he's like holding his breath for two and a half minutes and I couldn't even hold my breath for 12 seconds. Okay. So I was like, what the heck? Like, and I'm watching his lips turn blue and I was like, how is he doing that? I want to do that. So um, I had to actually just quit smoking like two months before that. And so I started learning the Wim Hof method. And one of the things, a Wim Hofism is that, you know, get high on your own supply. And he's like, you get high from just breathing it. And I, I started realizing it right away. And I combined it with like this Joe Dispenza breath work. You um, squeeze your first three chakras as you hold your breath and you squeeze your spinal fluid up to your pineal gland and it feels amazing. So anyway, it opened my third eye chakra and I knew right away because I would sit there and I could turn the whole room purple with my eyes wide open and it was amazing, right? So then as I kept doing it, I took Wim Hof's fundamentals class. As I kept doing it, I um, I started noticing when I do the long like in-breath where you hold your breath in and it's a recovery breath is what he calls it. Mm -hmm. It was the best feeling. And I mean, it's like better than orgasm. And that's really, really hard for me to say, but it like almost where I didn't want to breathe again. And I would see this thing that looked to me like the iris of an eye. And now I'm like, okay. So it finally dawned on me. It was a portal. And so Wim Hof method showed me portals and then one day I was laying down, taking a nap after work on, on my couch. And when I closed my eyes, I was seeing a blue portal. So this blue eye thing. And I just, for whatever reason, I, I hadn't even fallen asleep yet. I just closed my eyes and I was like, I'm taking that portal. I'm going into that portal, into a lucid dream. And I just kept saying it. And then all of a sudden I, I was in a lucid dream and I woke straight up and, um, and I saw this curtain in front of me. It was like a black sheer curtain. Mm -hmm. And I could see behind it that there was like a TV screen. So I kept trying to move it, like to thin it out. So I could look through it really well and see the TV screen. And I was excited because I was dream. I knew I was dreaming. I had no idea where I was. And all of a sudden somebody reached the curtain and interlaced their fingers with mine and touched their forehead to my forehead and go, boo. And I was like, wait. I was like, I want you to teach me about dreaming. And I woke up and I was so pissed because it kicked me out of the dream. And um, like I was some, I went someplace I wasn't supposed to go. <laughs> but I went, I took a portal, which I learned about portals through breath work, which you know, I got high on my own supply. I was definitely feeling great. So yeah, well, you don't need psychedelics. That's my point. <laughs> Right. That's, that's amazing. And the whole idea of like, you went somewhere you're not supposed to go. I've had that sensation before where I've opened the door and it just kicks me out. Like, no. Nope. Yeah. I was and, like, no, I want to stay. <laughs> yeah. And it's, again, I always wonder, is this just like, I, I always look at things as like maybe a video game and I'm not like a video gamer at all, but it just kind of makes sense. Like, is this just like the next level I have to unlock? Like what, what items or what do I have to achieve before I can get into that, <laughs> that forbidden door, you know? It's, I know. Yeah. It's, I see it all as a big old game of world of Warcraft. I really do. Like, 
it's funny that you brought that up because I just because the whole flat earth theory I love it but I really I'm I believe this is all a simulation I think so too and it's when you look at World of Warcraft I mean if you've played you know what I'm talking about you can have multiple characters over different realms you there's a set amount that you can you know different features and stuff but you can pick what you want and I I feel like we're all just like spiritual gamers in a sense and we yeah. get together we meet up in these different realms we might be doing different realms throughout you know we might have multiple realms going on but like for whatever reason in this experience we are uh, I'm Nico and you're Abby it's just like but it's just weird how we meet certain people and like everyone else is like an NPC like even family members yes. now are like an NPC to me it's it's so I bizarre know. It's funny because Lehman and I have the same conversations because we've both had some pretty trippy experiences where we like almost felt that we weren't really here or, you know, you could, well, because I had clear audience things happen to me, um, right? Like I'm sleeping in the morning time, you know, because sleeping in on the weekend. And this has happened to me three times where somebody's whispered in my ear physically, you know, not my dreaming body. And it, like one time it told me binary and balance so it was funny because then I cook my eggs like if you look on my Instagram page you'll see like I I posted a, a picture of eggs and they look like a yin and yang and I did not I've never been able to do that and I didn't even try to do that my eggs just happened to cook that way for breakfast that morning after I got these two clear audience words but wow. the other time it was really trippy it I mean I sat straight up in bed and was like who the heck was that and everybody's asleep so nobody had said anything in my ear and the second time though it was mother. Somebody said mother to me. It was a little kid's voice. So I sat straight up. I was like, who is that? You know, and, and I'm, nobody was awake. Nobody said anything in my ear. And I felt like, okay, I, I, I messaged Lehman and I was like, um, I'm pretty sure my body is somewhere else. Yeah. It's, it's insane. That, it, I have kids somewhere else. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. And like, even the idea of kids, like I know, my son was like a father figure to me in a different game or at a different time. Like, yeah. it's just, it's so crazy how, like, I knew him before he was born. Like you can ask my wife too. Like we knew who he was going to be while he was like in her stomach. It's just, it's so weird. Like, how does that happen? It's like, and again, like it, even how I met my wife. Makes stuff, sense, right? right. It does. And it's like, is it a past life or is this just, you know, this An game instance. we're playing right yeah <laughs> right and it's yeah it it's the stuff that keeps me up at night <laughs> but like have you ever had i get this a lot too i'll lay down and i'll just kind of get into that like um liminal state and i'll start mm -hmm. hearing like radio static or i'll start hearing people talking and it's i i it's nothing specific it's just like i tuned into a conversation or i it you know, when they, like you dial an old radio on a car, it's like in between yeah. where it's like just staticky and you could kind of hear and make out some words. And usually when I start to maybe decipher something, it like I wake up and I shake myself out of it. But that happens a lot to me if I just like kind of sit down. So you down get and... the audio in the liminal state. That's interesting. That's awesome. And again, I, I, I mean, I get a lot of the weird tuning. images, but yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that there's something to be developed there for sure. 
Yeah. And I, I think just maybe through meditation and just trying to hone that skill in or fine tune that radio, I, I, I don't know. But again, it's always like yep. I, I get right to that point and then it's like something shakes me out of it or the dog will bark or my son will come, you know, kick the door in or whatever. And it's like crazy. But I, I do get some images too, like just random stuff, like stuff I can't even explain. I'll just be sitting there I and know. I'll see like, like just before uh, the show, like I was putting my son to bed and I'm laying on his brother's bed on the other side of the room and he's just laying there and I was just thinking and I saw these like images of people like under a water spring like a fountain thing and they mm -hmm. were sitting in like these uh floats like the the tubes and stuff I have no idea who these people were I just caught an image of this and it was like what the hell was that like why why did I get that flash in my head right now of these I, people it makes like, you, yeah it's like is it remote viewing is it a what is that because it's like I, the liminal state is the weirdest thing, isn't it? Like it you, is. you're kind of still aware of everything that's happening. Oh yeah, around like I could, you. I could, but I, you're all of a sudden like tuned into something completely odd. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like it's it's so weird because for me when that happens, it's not like I'm I'm in the room. I can still hear him kicking on the bed. He's still awake on the other bed across the room. I I know where I am, but all of a sudden it's just like. I'm, I just get this quick image of these people having fun under this, like they're in a lake with this fountain shooting up and they're all on tubes and they're like having a good time. And I'm like, what the, why, what, what was the point of seeing that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that didn't just come out of whatever happened in my day today. Sorry guys. Right. Like I wasn't watching anything that suggested that I it's, you know, 40 degrees here. No one, there's no lake around. Like it's just, and it's no one I knew. It's not like, Oh, that was a memory when we were camping or whatever. It's like, they were just total strangers. <laughs> like, yeah, I actually had one recently where, um, this old couple, the man was driving and a woman was in the car seat next to him. And I saw like their glasses, the color of their car and everything. And they were just watching me. <laughs> and it was like, it was what the heck, you know? Yeah. It's, Again, I, I I wish sometimes I could just like stay in that state because it's always so quick, mm -hmm. and it's like oh I want to see it, it's kind of addicting in a way you know you want to like it is and I write those down too because to me those are I don't know I, I I count those as dreams even though they're they're not quite a dream but I mean they're they're worth noting is what I'm saying mm -hmm. yeah and like this doesn't happen to me as much but my wife gets this she'll like doze on the couch. And she'll be asleep for two seconds and she'll have a full, she'll be like, I just had the weirdest dream. And I'm like, you literally nodded your head for like half a second. <laughs> and she'll just have this whole detailed, crazy dream or flash of something. And it's like, I, I can't ignore it anymore. And people that say like dreams aren't paranormal. And like, I, I beg to differ because there's, I mean, it is normal, but it's like, how do you explain this stuff? We spend half of our, a third of our life sleeping and we're just expected to say like, oh, this is just stuff in your head, you know? And I, I agree. A lot of it is subconscious and things like that, but how do you explain those weird things where you're getting flashes of people? Like you see this old couple in well, a car. Because that's the thing is that it's okay. The subconscious is part of the collective unconscious this is this is carl jung you know this is at the time a respected um psychologist he called it the collective unconscious 
because we have act okay so reality transurfing calls it um the space of variations or the alternative space and he also calls it the film archive because every past present future that that has happened or could happen exists in the dream state and it's not just my realities that are there it's everyone's realities it's the realities of the earth right and so how we does, all that technically like the are the earth archetype yeah it is the akashic so the dream right. place is the akashic so have you ever had a dream where you're completely someone else like mm -hmm. okay so my son had this dream because mom had the weirdest dream he goes i dreamt i was like a little boy goes and I was definitely Asian and I was running around in this field with my sister and I had a big old shovel and we were shoveling up elephant shit like <laughs> well he said poop but I mean mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like oh my gosh like you know but he you experience he um Vadim Zeeland calls it like a film archive but because you can experience it as first person in somebody else's film role you know so you might not have been the first person. It might, it could be a past life or a parallel life or whatever, but it's more than likely just somebody else's life and you get to see one of their variations yeah, and you're experiencing it first person. Yeah, and I was gonna ask you that too, in the dream state, like I had a guest on TJ from the Contemporary Problems podcast, because when you dream, are you in the first person or the third person? Because a lot of times I'm in both simultaneously both. where yeah, I can- I'm both. Mm -hmm. And he so called it the cosmic view. Yeah, it's uh, is it by locating? It's like I can see I'm experiencing the dream through the first person. I can see my hands and I can do things, but I'm also getting this cosmic view, like he said, where I can see it third person as well. And it's happening simultaneously. And it's so hard to explain that to someone that I can see through my eyes and also get this like third person narrator point of view where I can see everything else going on, too. And it doesn't happen always, but can you see how that's sort of like a movie as well, though? Uh huh, one hundred percent. Because you you know you can see a movie where it looks like you you're seeing what the main character is seeing, but then you also see what you know over the overview, like what the narrator maybe you know who's who's removed from the movie is showing. So yeah, um, I don't know. I, I experienced both too. Yeah, and it's. It's just an odd phenomena. I can't explain it. Cause like I, I do, I have just straight third person dreams sometimes and first person dreams. Mostly, I would say it's mostly third person, honestly. And I don't know what that says about it, but it's like, again, I get the glimpses of first person as well because it's hard to explain. <laughs> I just like, wish I, I am could that like- I person, but I'm not the person. I'm only that person for a little fragment. Or maybe I'm just experiencing what they feel. Right. I just wish I could like, you know, set up a camera in my brain and just, just to try to decipher this stuff. Because again, I know it's, I know it's real. I, I don't know what it is, but this is happening. And yeah, it's. I recently just started listening to Seth speaks and I was like, I didn't know how I felt about channeled work for a while until I found the law of one. And then I'm like, okay, that's that's what I believe. <laughs> okay, the law of one is kind of sums up. It it just kind of connected all the dots to me, mm -hmm. or for me. But um, I started listening to Seth speaks, and he talks about the dream state a lot. And so when you said your wife was like literally asleep for two minutes, he says that 
when we go to sleep, we actually are doing work outside of our body Mm -hmm. and we're helping other people's timelines as well. So sometimes we hop in and we do, you know, we could play a, you know, a side role in their film role, or maybe we hop into their body and do things for them. And, um, and one thing that really tripped me out is that he said, everybody has studied the sleep state. We know about the different, um, stages of sleep right mm-hmm. he said but nobody studies the stages of consciousness like your waking hours nobody like he's like because your brain goes through different patterns throughout the day too just like it does right. in the sleep state he said but nobody has actually spent the time to study that he said but if they did study it they would find that it's better for you to sleep a few hours during the day maybe take two naps and then sleep maybe four hours at night it's actually but he says that you know five minutes in the sleep state, you know, or while you're sleeping physically, it can be hours in the dream state. So that, that you actually do way more than you think you do. And your sleep time is important for everyone. Yeah. And I always wonder, cause like me and my wife had some weird, um, kind of lost time and we weren't sleeping, but it's like, I always wonder like, how does that fit in? Is this just like a response to like PTSD or something? Because I, I, I don't know, but we would just sit down. It'd be like nine o'clock, say. And we're talking for us. It was like literally five minutes. We we're like, there's, and then we look at the clock. It's 1130. And we're like, where did that ha-? like? <laughs> so was it someone else? Is it like my son upstairs dreaming, like fixing something? Mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. But see, that's like, I don't know. Have you gotten into the into any of the Dolores Cannon stuff where she does the quantum hypnosis stuff. I haven't, but it sounds interesting. It's pretty wild. Like I didn't know what to make of it at first, but then, so I got it on audiobook and I was like, I didn't really resonate with it, but I was like, I'm just gonna, I was painting my house and I was like, fine, I'm just gonna listen to it because I'm doing something I don't want to do anyway. And then she, because she was like really into the Atlanta stuff. And I was like, oh, this is, just to me it just seemed like way too much you know but then a lot of the crap she was saying made so much sense and um but a lot of the people that she put under hypnosis where people were missing time interesting it was like a lot of time abduction type stuff which i don't know how i feel about space and all of that anymore but right i, I again it's I tend to believe, I think space is probably water, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. If you look up in the daytime, it's blue. Like if you look in the ocean, it's blue and at night it's black. I mean, I I don't know. I have no facts to back that up. It's just like a feeling I have that it's, and why do they train astronauts in water? You know, it, there's something, if we can even leave the firmament, which I don't know, but that's a whole nother topic that <laughs> we could... I think it's just a distraction. I think so too. I think it really doesn't matter. It's just whatever. It doesn't. Right. Like really. Yeah. Is it a big conspiracy? Because if your the thought earth form is creates it. Right. Like, so that... if we believe it, then we create that reality in right. some form. We give it the power. And this kind of ties into something else I've noticed too. Like even with like the internet, for example, like you can find if you look for something, you will find it. Like, yeah, I was selling like some stuff on eBay a few years ago and I found a whole archive of like every single Ninja Turtle action figure. And I'm like, who put this on the internet? 
Like, <laughs> is this just me like remembering all the pieces that went to each thing? Like who, who created, like you can find things online and you're like, who actually took the time to put, build a website dedicated to this? It makes no sense unless we are creating it as we think. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well, have you, have you heard of rule 34? You probably have. Yeah. I just like, okay. I was like, I just recently learned about this because, you know, I do IT for school districts. Mm. <laughs> so like I started getting red flags for that. I'm like, what the heck? So I finally look it up. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever you can possibly conceive of, there's a porn for it. Right. <laughs> so same concept though. It is. And it's, but it's like, who thought of this? I, I think yeah. the internet is just a knockoff version of the Akashic records that they try to put here to distract us but it's just still fascinating like who took the time to put this on the internet like it just it blows my mind but i don't know that's this is side tangent but this is all side tangents but it's been fun so mm -hmm. um the other thing i wanted to ask you about i when you were on lehman's show you were talking about your uh your dream uh is it a group like where you meet up in the astral okay Correct. we are there yeah there are five of us and actually we we haven't managed that part yet to be okay. honest but um we decided that we wanted to we call each other sisters like mm -hmm. sister with a star on the end and um it started with dream sharing and meditation and we started sharing our dreams every day pretty much and we started noticing synchronicities like so one girl would dream about a parking garage and i'm like hey oh my gosh i was in a parking garage last night too like just random things you know but or um somebody would get synchros in real life and be like man i keep seeing roses but like man i've dreamt about roses last night so um and and they would be bigger than that so the right. the coolest part was that like on we didn't even really realize the date but we had all on this day dreamt well there's five of us four of us had dreamt that we were either like full-term pregnancy or had just given birth the fifth person doesn't have kids in real life um she she has a bunch of dogs so her dogs were having puppies wow so anyway like start thinking about it and it was like around christmas time so i hadn't even really looked at the date or thought about any of that i go back and look at the day of my dream and it was on the winter solstice so we all dreamt the same thing on the winter solstice more or less okay so we're all and i mean that's the death of the sun right and then mm -hmm. christmas is supposedly the rebirth so how bizarre is that that we're all dreaming the same stuff and um so i know it's possible to meet up in the dream space just by reading some of the dream searcher stuff there's right. a bunch of people who do it so right. and i've heard of like you know back in the day like witch covens and stuff like they couldn't meet and practice in the real world you know they yeah burned at the stake or whatever and they would go to the astral plane and they would do their magical practice and if you talk to like magicians or people that practice magic now they say a majority of their magic is done in the dream state or in the astral plane and it it goes right back to what you said that manifestation is 
taken place in these things. So it's the fact that they kind of chalk it up to just dreams is so, I think it's one of the biggest conspiracies that we are dealing yeah. with. Thank you for saying that. Actually, that is one thing that I, I would like to just, I hope if anybody's listening this long that you listen to this, it is wrong to tell your kids that it's just a dream because mm -hmm. that's when you stop believing in magic. When your parents told you it was just a dream, probably because you had a nightmare, they, and you stopped believing in your own magic mm -hmm. and you stopped realizing, I mean, it's not just a dream. Your dreams are so much more than you believe. So that's, that's when you got cut off from the real reality. 100%. And like, even with my son, like I, I, cause this goes in, I got all into the word magic and stuff like that. And I'm really trying to be conscious of every single word that comes out of my mouth, especially around him. But it's like, when he has a crazy dream, I just like, just tell me what, what happened. And then he'll ask like, you know, are monsters real? And I'm like, well, they can only hurt you if you let them hurt you. I don't tell them, no, it's not real. You know, it's, yeah. and like, it, it can only hurt you if you let it hurt you if you just tell it no like it's not going to happen and he's a little i don't know what he is he's, <laughs> he's a little magical creature that runs around my house it's crazy but yeah did, did i tell i don't know did i tell my story about my son's dream on lehman's podcast about when he was three and he had this nightmare you might have but go ahead and tell it again Okay, because this is like the best story and this like just, it's trippy. Okay, so he was three years old and he was always just super smart. So he was, he was almost, it was like two months away from his birthday. So he's almost four. And he wakes up screaming in the middle of the night one night and my room was pitch black. So I thought he was being attacked. So I start screaming too, because I'm like, <laughs> so then my husband's waking up and he's like, thinking somebody has broken into our house and we're being murdered but I'm kind of thinking the same thing because I've been listening to my son so anyway he turns flips the light on and realized that my son's having a nightmare and he's like oh mom Mr. Cruz in our house Mr. Cruz in our house and I was like what what and he's like he kept saying Mr. Cruz was in our house and that he was standing over by the piano and he was wearing um like either black or blue, like, uh, and that he had a mask on his face and the mask had a weird mouth and weird eyes. Mm. And it really creeped me out because he insisted this person was in our house. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, I, but I have this is where right I wanted, so. yeah. And I wanted to be like, um, he doesn't exist. You know, like that was just a dream, but I didn't do it. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna steal his magic from him even though this was really scary. Um, I just comforted him and I said, well, Mr. Krul is not here. And um, the next day, you know, he kept talking about it. He was telling everybody. And then anyway, two months later, I'm at my niece's wedding. And and I know because she got married on Cinco de Mayo. So I, the timeline, I remember really well of this. And he was telling her about it. So at this point, okay, so actually he was still, his birthday was in June. So he still wasn't four yet. And he was telling my niece about it the day before the wedding about Mr. Mr. Crew. And, um, and, and because he was so adamant that this person was in my house, I Googled it. I'm like, 
Mr. Crew, who the fuck is this? You know, but I'm like Googling it, nothing comes up, nothing, nothing relevant. So my niece had told me though about this podcast that she was listening to. She had started listening to um, My Favorite Murder, which was um, a true crime comedy podcast. And so she turned me on to it and I started listening to it. And a month or two later, I'm in my car listening to like the newest episode. And I got chills almost immediately because they said, well, we're going to talk about Mr. Cruel, C-R-U-E-L. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. And apparently he was like a serial kidnapper, pedo rapist from Australia in the 80s. And I'd never heard of this man before. So anyway, I'm like, I'm listening really, really well at this point. So I was like, what the heck? Like that, is that maybe what he was saying? Mm-hmm. So then they go on, they talk about how he wears this really weird balaclava, you know, with like some kind of stuff on their eyes and mouth. So I was like, what? Oh my gosh. So my heart's pounding. I finally pull up to my house. And I pull it up on my phone. I type in Mr. Cruel mask. And I mean, if you guys look it up, you'll see what I'm talking about. So I see it and I'm like, so then my heart is totally pounding. I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like what he was explaining to me. So I was like, okay, do I do this or do I not do it? I'm like, I want to show it to him, but not say anything, you know, because he can't read yet. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just, I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I'm just going to flash the phone and see what he says. Like, I'm not gonna make a big deal of it. So I go in and I was like, hey, you know, come here for a second. And he come, walks over to me and I turn my phone around and I show him and he goes, hey, that's Mr. Crew. How'd you get Mr. Crew on your phone? Holy shit. Yeah, I flipped out. I was like, oh my gosh. So that proves that it's the Akashic. So he had only murdered, you know, killed one little girl and I'm like, you know, funny thing is my son is very feminine. So I don't know if he would happen to be that particular little girl. Carmine Chan was her name. Like I learned all this stuff and I will never forget it now. <laughs> right. But like, but. again, why, why did that pop up? I mean, you have to almost, yeah, you can't kill the man. Like, was he the victim of this? Did he know about this in a past life or a different time? It's so. Or did he just tune into it? You know, right? Did he hit, hit that frequency and he just knew like that? That's insane. I mean, in a good way. I'm not saying like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, it, it was really creepy too. I'm like, yeah. what if this like Australian guy and because I never caught him? I'm like, what if he lives in the United States and he really is in my house? You know, right? Like, he'd be like. 80 years old maybe I don't know right but, but it's just that that energy what if that energy is still alive or who knows like that's yeah. the stuff that oh man it it creeps me out but I want to know more about it you know it's like why like my me son too. he this was like when when was this he was we were in this house so he had to be like three three years old when we moved in and so maybe he had just removed in 2020. Oh, sorry for that. But so he kept saying that there he had a, a friend that he talked to and his name was Bertsy. And we were like, mm-hmm. okay. And, you know, again, I try not to stifle anything. I'm like, well, who is Bertsy? And he goes, oh, he died. And I was like, oh, wow. What do you mean he died? He goes, oh, he drank. He, he kept drinking and he threw up and he died. 
And I'm like, okay, like he's three. We don't drink in this house. Like (laughs) he He doesn't see us drinking, throwing up. And right. Like there's nothing (laughs) that he can like associate this with. And I'm just trying to like, and he was adamant, you know, he talks to him. He's around. He died. He's, he was a kid and then he was an adult and then he drank and he died. Like, it was like this bizarre story. And I've been trying to like, look up if someone named Bertsy lived in this house or what, like, it's really bizarre, How like for him weird. to say that. And I, I haven't been able to Adam find out the babes too. It's like these little kids, you know, and that's, that's what proves it to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he has no concept. Like I've been sober since before he was born, you know, and we don't have alcohol in the house. He's never seen anyone drink and throw up that I know of, you know, (laughs) it's like, where would he concoct this story? And I've asked, I asked him like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, Hey, do you remember Bertsy? And he just like, wouldn't talk about it. He was like, no, I was like, I think you do remember, (laughs) but I didn't want to like push it. But yeah, it's, how do you explain it makes that? me think uh, okay so you know everything's of time as linear and that it you know past present future but really the only time that exists is right now this exact right, this moment. moment yeah so all the rest is all imagination so really t- time is like a sphere it's like so could you not be cohabitating with these people you, you pretty much are. Whoever's lived in your house before and who will live in your house after you are already here. Right. And it's weird when you think about it that way. It is. And, you know, my wife has seen, uh, I'll just say ghosts, you know, like she yeah. had an instance where, like, if you're standing in our bedroom and you're closing the blinds and if the doorway's open, it's right in the hallway. And she thought my son was like standing out in the hallway when she was closing this blind she saw the outline of like a little kid and she turned around and there's nothing there and like now she won't go upstairs if the <laughs> blinds are up at night <sighs> and it's like how do you explain the like i think that they are like if you if like the film got like uh kind of like another piece of film got stuck or deleted like just, and put it yeah yeah it's just like a little glitch like a glitch in the matrix or like in a video game sometimes if you like walk into a wall at a certain angle you'll see like a li- weird little glitch i just mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know how to explain it but it's just again because these, that like, happened here too my son like he fell asleep in my daughter's room because they were all watching a movie and he was on the floor and he said he woke up in the middle of the night freaked out because there was a man standing at the foot of their bed Mm-hmm. and i mean like it freaked me out but then i was like no if i didn't get a bad vibe from it i right. was just like there i wondered if it was just somebody else who lived here right and i always wonder too like are we like <laughs> are we the ghosts? ghosts and somebody else yeah we right are. are they just like and, and yeah if you don't look at time as linear it, we probably are we're probably or let's make it even crazier it's maybe matrix for somebody else <laughs> right or maybe you know the noises i hear like if i'm down in my basement is is me like <laughs> from the future yeah. or, you know, like oh yeah i hadn't even thought about that you affecting your own timeline in that way that's interesting yeah and again i have no uh science or mathematics to back this up but it's just like thoughts that pop oh, in my who head gives a shit <laughs> right <laughs> can you trust science anyway no you can't exactly but it's just so interesting to trust think the like science. trust the science <laughs> that's the that's how we're 
that that's what that's our method here on upstate unconventional we trust the science no we don't <laughs> fuck the science but yeah exactly. it's like it's just fascinating to think about because i always wonder like or, or like deja vu is it like that that's just my future self remembering this time i don't know it, it's so hard to explain <laughs> or put into well, words like, the dreaming emissary so he's like this character in the it he is the dream kind of so you could actually, if you wake up in a dream, you can ask the dreaming emissary to show you or teach you anything pretty much. And I mean, part of me wonders if it's your subconscious, but you can go, like, what keeps you trying to fall asleep in the dream though? Like, have you noticed that? You noticed that because that's what you were explaining in your dream earlier, that something kept you like, you almost thought you were sleeping again mm -hmm. or, or you thought you were awake. Mm -hmm. And I've had that happen too, where I actually lucid dreamt for a long time like i had kept my lucidity for a really long time and then all of a sudden it the dream keeps trying to pull you back to sleep and i was like oh i'm awake okay i don't remember waking up but apparently i'm awake i'm at home and i'm with my family and nico they were not my kids and it was not my family but i was convinced it was i was convinced i was awake how wow. weird is that that's intense because I've had I should know my own kids, you know, right. And I've had a dream one time where it was very similar. I went through an entire day. I was in college. I, I drove to school. I commuted. I drove there. I sat through classes. I got home. I changed. I went and picked my friend up in the other town. We went back down to my car. Like this whole day happened. And I Again, I'd have to like go back and try to like do some regression and see what was different. But at the time, I didn't know I wasn't awake. <laughs> it was so crazy. And yeah. then I woke and up. What's pulling you into doing that? I, have no I don't idea. think it's ourselves is my no. point. No, but what was interesting after that was I had that dream that where I lived a whole day and it was like a huge eye opener. I was like, I got to stop. Like doing this like this guy is taking advantage of me because he didn't have a car he like <laughs> lost his license and I was like just to get that like perspective after like I woke up and it was night and I was so confused I had no idea what day it was where I was and I was like I gotta stop like driving this asshole around like this is not okay <laughs> that is so weird that you had a whole full day in the life of yeah and I mean down to like watching my speedometer in the truck I was driving at the time like I was it just little things that I and then it makes you wonder are we all just dreaming right now too and that's another question too I always ask like is this the dream and that's the reality you know well the dream world. in reality trans surfing he calls this the waking dream or actually maybe mm -hmm. it's not even reality trans surfing something something I read calls this the waking dream and then mm -hmm. the other one the sleeping dream but but um okay so i got to meet robert wagner today because he's on a friend's podcast and he wrote the book lucid dreaming so he's one of the like pioneers in dream research and um he said that in his newest book his second book at the end he gives you an experiment to do that proves some weird things about reality so i'm like uh okay, I started that book. I need to finish it now because I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's getting to simulation theory because it's very similar to like 
I thought maybe he was a little bit more scientific minded just based on reading his book, but talking to him today, he kind of is down all the same rabbit holes, like integration, um, recapitulation, Carlos Castaneda is like, wow, okay, this guy gets it. He's not, he's not a phony dreamer. He's real. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I think reality is stranger than what we think it is, but not as strange as it actually is, if that makes any sense. I feel like it's probably very simple. It's just we've layered it with so many different um, nonsense layers of just confusion. And I think it's very simple. We're just some type of light or spiritual being just going through this simulation, really. I mean, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> reality is a dual-sided mirror. And actually what we see in waking reality is the reflection of our thoughts. So. And we pull it from the other side. So everything comes from the Akashic or the dream state. That's where everything exists in reality. It's not in reality, but I mean, it really exists on the other side. Yeah. It's, yeah. And um, I think that's a great note to end on because <laughs> we haven't figured it out yet, but we're going to, we're going to figure it out soon. But Abby, this has been awesome. I really enjoyed this conversation um, I could probably keep going, but I hear my dogs running around upstairs. They're getting antsy to go out. And uh, so while we wrap it up, just tell everyone where they can get in contact with you. And uh, you can you can find me on Instagram at abstract. That's with two B's um, underscore dreamer. Awesome. Well, Abby, thank you so much for coming on. I hope thank you, you weren't uh, nervous me. at all. I think we had a pretty good conversation. So. It flowed. Really, I was definitely nervous, but it flowed really well. So I'm, I'm glad that we kind of branched out into other things. So. Well, thank you again. And let's stop the recording here. And that's the show, folks. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, you know what to do. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Those reviews really help this show grow in the charts and uh, the numbers are going up every episode. So I want to say thank you to everyone who listens. You know, it means the world to me and yeah, it's what keeps me going. So thank you all. I love you. I will see you on the next episode.